Welcome to the Blood Cancer Experience, a podcast by the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada. This podcast connects people affected by a blood cancer to resources that inform, support, educate, and empower. When it comes to cancer, it's hard to navigate the unknown, and there are no easy answers. We're here to bring you the information you need to help make sense of every step of the blood cancer experience. My name is Montana Skirka, and I will be your guest host for today's episode. I work in the community as a yoga and meditation teacher and integrative wellness educator with a focus on providing patients with a holistic approach to mental health and well being. I also serve as a research associate in supportive oncology care at SickKids Hospital, as well as a cancer advocate. As a childhood cancer survivor, I am dedicated to helping others navigate their journey to health and wellness through coaching, mindful movement, and group facilitation. Today on the show, I am talking to Grace McRae, a 23-year-old from Halifax, Nova Scotia. Grace was diagnosed with stage two Hodgkin's lymphoma in June of 2020. Her diagnosis story is a little unusual. A few years ago, she found out that she had a rare congenital heart defect and her doctors told her she would need to have open heart surgery to correct it. In May of 2020, in the middle of a global pandemic, Grace went in for her open heart surgery. And as part of the surgery, her doctors took out her thymus gland and the pathologist shockingly found that she coincidentally had stage two Hodgkin's lymphoma. Three weeks after her heart surgery, following a whirlwind of appointments and procedures, Grace underwent her first of 12 rounds of chemotherapy, which was full of nausea, pain, grief, allergic reactions, trips to the emergency room, and many more side effects. Grace has found that cancer brings many things besides the treatment and the side effects. It brings people closer together, no matter how young or old. If it weren't for the experiences she has been through in the past two years, she doesn't believe she would be the person she is today. Hi, Grace. Thanks for being here. Hi, how's it going? It's going good. I'm so happy you're here to join us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. And, you know, when you look back on that experience, it was quite difficult. A lot of stuff happening. And it, not that long ago, I'm really curious to know, when you think about it, what were the emotions that you can remember experiencing at that time? And what emotions come up for you now as you hear about the experience and you're reminded of it? Yeah, so it was obviously very shocking to get the cancer diagnosis after open heart surgery. Um, and I had no symptoms, so I was pretty shocked. So for a lot of it, I was just shocked and trying to get through treatment for most of the time. And then looking back now, it's just kind of, it's weird, like thinking like, wait, that's me. Like that, that's my story. So, yeah. So there's a part of you that's still in a little bit of shock that that even happened to you. I would say a little bit, just kind of like accepting, you know, I think it will take time. It will always take time. (laughs) Of course, of course. And do you so when you feel like when you look back and you remember your experience, would you feel like shock was a predominant emotion? Was there a lot of fear? Um, fear was not the bigger emotion. Um, it was more just shock for sure to start. And then 
more just kind of focusing on the day-to-day and getting through what was happening. So making sure that, you know, I was okay and not, you know, (laughs) sick and done anything. So just making sure I was hydrated and trying to make it through to the next treatment. Absolutely. And how did it affect the people around you? Like, who was your support system through that? I had a really great support system. It was hard. I didn't see a lot of my friends because it was COVID. So um, even though I didn't see a lot of them, they were still very there for me. But my biggest support system was definitely my family, both my immediate family and then my uh, external family. And it was definitely very hard on them, especially my immediate, some of my closer external family as well. Um, So they were my biggest support system, but it really brought us a little bit closer together in a way that I don't think would have otherwise in a good way. (laughs) Yeah, I think you bring up a lot of good points. I mean, the first one being that everything you went through was during COVID. So that really exacerbates all of this. Like, I know that these experiences can be quite isolating in the best of times, um, but this is you not really being able to be around your people and, and living a normal life, that must have been quite difficult. Yeah, so parts of it were really great in terms of COVID. Obviously, I hate COVID like everyone else. Um, and obviously, I followed all the rules, but it allowed me to do school from afar. And it also allowed people to know what social distancing was. And so there weren't big gatherings going on. There weren't stuff that I had to be like I can't go to this because I have no immune system so I was lucky enough for that part but on the flip side it also was hard because I couldn't see my friends there weren't support systems in place I couldn't do any group meetings or anything like that and then also I couldn't have my family when I rang the bell after my last treatment yeah no, that is interesting to hear that there maybe there was some benefits in terms of like the lack of FOMO. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the lack of FOMO definitely was a thing. Right. Like, I wasn't missing out on anything. No one was doing anything. And I know that, um, you know, you're so young when you're hit with all this stuff. And now you're 23 years old and, um, you know, in your early 20s being hit with these things that doesn't seem like young people are supposed to experience. Like how, what emotions came up around that? Yeah, definitely. It was weird. Um, Basically, because all of what happened was kind of a whirlwind with both the heart stuff and the other stuff. It was just kind of like, what is going on? Like, why me? It was kind of one of the bigger ones that I felt, for sure. The bigger questions. Why me? What is happening to me? Why me is, is big. It's real. Yeah, it's it's a real thing. <laughs> yeah, of course. And I I find that for me in my own experience, that can also lead to a lot of like isolation because even if you're surrounded by people, they don't know what you're going through and they don't yeah. know, right? I found that a lot. My friends, they were all still in school, living their life as they were just with COVID. Um, and then... Meanwhile, my life was on hold as I was pretty much going through treatment and I was still doing school, but it was completely different. So it's definitely isolating 
they didn't understand a lot of the things that were going on, how I was feeling, what it was like, and, you know, just everything around it. I'd try and talk to them and they'd just be like, I don't get it. Like, <laughs> they would try and be as supportive as they could, but it's hard. And uh, even my family, sometimes they wouldn't understand what I was going through at times. And they had their own experiences with it, but it's different from mine. So... <laughs> Exactly. No, we all have. I think that's one of those things with cancer where it's so important to recognize that we're all when someone's affected, it really everyone has everyone's affected, everyone's affected. And then everyone has to test to sort of be able to figure out how to deal with their own trauma related to this event. Yeah. And, And I guess with that can come this sense of guilt. So I'm interested to hear your relationship with I mean, when I was thinking about guilt, and I, was, I looked it up because that's like sort of the topic of today's conversation, guilt is, you know, you're guilty when you're accused of a crime, right? So the idea is you've done something wrong. So it's really interesting how pervasive guilt is within the can- blood cancer experience. And I'm curious, like, what your relationship was with it. I definitely felt guilt a lot through my treatment, I would say. I felt guilty for putting my family through it. And I didn't want to be putting my family through it, even though they, I knew it was hard on them uh, and everything. It was really hard on them. It was also very hard on me, but um, I felt guilty for having to do that for like with them. That is a huge thing that I felt too. I don't even know if I realized how how much that emotion had affected me and and continues to. Um. And I don't think that that's something that people without this experience would understand. Like, I think that's something that if you told someone, um, I feel really guilty for putting my family through this, yeah. they would be like, that makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't seem like it makes sense, but it's so real. Of course, it makes sense. When you think about it, you're going through something and you're looking at other people that you care about and it's making them not happy. So you're the reason. You can feel like you're yeah. kind of the cause. And they're worrying about every little thing about you. And it's always just, everything's always on you. And sometimes I would just crave that distraction of anything but something about me. So, you know. Mm, Because you're getting all the attention. Do you have siblings? I do. I have a younger brother. Okay. And was that part of it as well? Like feeling like you were getting more attention? Um, I definitely was getting more attention than my brother was at the time. I don't think he minded it too much he kind of liked being split under the radar kind of thing um and it definitely brought our relationship a little bit closer just because he was really worried and it was something I hadn't really seen in him before like worried about me so that was interesting so yeah yeah I can relate to that there was I've had you know a lot of I mean, I think part of the blood cancer diagnosis and part of having cancer is you recognize that that's can connect to lots of other health challenges throughout our life. Right. So I've had many health challenges through the years. um, And I it just reminded me what you said that about um, my my younger brother. He's six years younger. And I remember because I was like the older sister, too. And I was always taking Mm -hmm. care of everyone. And I think that's part of what was so hard for me is like, I didn't want to be the patient. I wanted to continue to be that big older sister. Um, but I remember when I was recovering from a pretty intense surgery and like I couldn't walk and 
he came and he walked with me and he was like helping me walk. And there's this like powerful moment, right, where he's taking on this new responsibility. Um, and it does definitely could potentially bring you closer to your siblings. Yeah, well. it definitely did. He when I was in surgery for the open heart stuff, I couldn't see my family. I could only see my mom and my dad. So he was kind of left on the sidelines and couldn't even see me until we like went outside and I finally got to see him after like three days and I think that was big for both of us because it was kind of like he got to see that I was like okay in person so Mm. I love that Mm -hmm. um did you ever talk to your family about the guilt that you felt a little bit I mean I think they knew it and I think they do know but it wasn't something we really like went into a lot I don't remember any like explicit conversations like yeah (laughs) I feel guilty for this I think it was more just like do what you have to do to get to the end of this right like we all get we all understand that you have to do this and we have to take care of you now so that you can be here right Mm -hmm. yeah and it's like I'm sure no no one expects it, right? It's just no. completely out of the blue. Yeah, especially, yeah, I had no symptoms. I had, literally, it was just a fluke that they found it. So for me, it was like, I come home from a doctor's appointment and then I'm a cancer patient. So, yeah. And you were completely healthy before all of this. Yeah, yeah. Before everything, I was running varsity track and field in high school and doing university and going out and having fun with my friends and I was perfectly healthy I had no real issues until wow until it all blew up yeah and how old were you when you found Uh, out about the heart I was 20 so I would have been it was the summer before COVID hit when I found out about it and that was a weird thing I was definitely grieving a lot with that um and it affected my year for sure I was definitely like mentally affected and then yeah just the double whammy of open heart surgery and a blood cancer diagnosis was crazy I remember just being in the hospital or just sitting in that waiting room just my doctor telling me and being like yep we found this and I couldn't believe it. I was just, I was in shock for sure. Of course. Mm-hmm. Of course. And and I mean, so you talk about some of the mental health stuff that you were going through. Yeah. Can you go into more details of that? And, and does that still affect you? It definitely does. Um, I was lucky enough to meet a friend through treatment and we talk a lot about cancer treatment and mental health. It definitely affects me and her as well to this day. Um, There's a lot of depression, anxiety, guilt, and a lot of other things that come not just during treatment, but also afterwards, I find. And I don't think it's talked about enough with the cancer community, and I wish it was more, because you go through treatment, you get to the end, and then you're kind of just left with the afterwards and no one tells you about it (laughs) I couldn't agree more and I feel like that's kind of what I've almost like tried to dedicate my entire life to because 
when I was declared cured at 10, I was diagnosed with leukemia at seven and declared cured at 10. And Mm -hmm. I was in my 30s and I'm like, I still feel like there's something really wrong. Like, right. There's so many health things that happen, so much mental health, physical health stuff through my journey. But it's like this fundamental issue was I still feel psychologically like I have cancer. And I think it's because, you know, you're hit with this thing that affects your nervous system that affects your whole life. And then you're expected to just sort of move on as if nothing happened. And that's just not the case at all. It shakes your sense of identity, your sense of self, your sense of safety. Um, so I, I think that what you're explaining is is really pervasive and really, really important um, to, to make clear that like, you know, this is something that shapes you, you know, for yeah. better or for worse. I definitely feel the same way. Like, I feel like I'm stuck within the same year as when I was diagnosed. I don't, I don't know. I just, I feel mentally there still to this day. Mm -hmm. Well, I really appreciate, you know, you coming and you being so honest and open. And also the fact that this, again, just happened to you, like, not very long ago. And you're already, like, wanting to help and wanting to serve. Yeah, Um, it definitely... I want I wanted to jump in because it was the only thing I could do I found. I kind of jumped in while I was in treatment helping others cuz I felt like because I couldn't I was going to be okay. Like I knew I was going to be okay at the end, but I needed to help others, you know. That's so beautiful. And I think that's a really important thing as well to mm-hmm. every podcast that we've done, that's sort of been a big part of the message is don't even serve to be selfless. Like, there's like, yeah. you, you fill yourself. A, you connect with other people who are going through it. You find a sense of meaning. You find a sense of control. Okay. You find a sense of, of purpose within exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. Right? right? Um, but I, I, I'm interested because I think this is part of it too with the guilt. So for me being like, okay, so I went to an amazing hospital in a country like Canada where we get incredible cancer care. And I had a relatively simple cancer diagnosis within the realm of, of whatever that means. Mm-hmm. And yet I still felt so traumatized by the experience. Yeah. I think there was so much guilt there. And I'm curious if you felt that too. I definitely felt that. When I first got diagnosed, my doctor told me, it's okay. It's the good kind of cancer. It's the cancer mm-hmm. you want. And I was like, there's a good kind of cancer? what is what's a good kind of cancer and so from the start I was kind of like okay here I am I'm gonna be okay but what about all the people who aren't like I got the good kind why was I lucky enough to get the good kind so wow yeah it was like the first one of the first things my doctor told me it's okay it's the good kind of cancer you want yeah, you're not the first person to tell me that a doctor said that to you. And it's just like, it's just a strange thing to say to someone. <laughs> I know. I understand. I I understand where he was coming from. Um, it was my cardiologist who said it. And I understand where he's coming from. I get it. Because, like, it's not something he sees every day. It's right. Not his job. And um, he was just trying to comfort me. And that's okay. But, you know. He was telling me I had cancer. 
Not comforting. <laughs> not com after open heart surgery. Not comforting. Yeah. Not comforting. Not um, comforting. To say the least. And I think, you know, what I'm envisioning is this really interesting dichotomy, this like paradox that you're stuck in where you're 20, you're looking at your friends who are healthy yes. and they're like living their life and you're like, why me? And you're so simultaneously, you're like, why me? And, oh, I have the good kind. There's so many people that are worse off than me. And you're kind of like stuck between two extreme worlds. So you feel guilty, yeah. but you also feel like resentful potentially. Definitely. There was a lot of resent too, feeling that as well. Yeah. Guilty and resent. That's, yeah. Definitely. It's like a crazy bind to be in, right? Because you're like, oh, I'm, I'm so lucky. I have the good kind of cancer. But wait. So I have cancer. Yeah. And all my friends are just living their normal lives. I don't know. I'm dealing with everything I'm dealing with. It's like really right. lonely. It mm -hmm. is. It is. And especially in COVID, there was no support systems. So it's fun. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm interested to hear more about this relationship that you have with this other um, person and, and why you think that's so important. I think that was one of the best things that came from well, one of the best, yeah, I guess it was one of the best things that came from my diagnosis was meeting my friend Emily. Um, it brought me into the cancer community. Uh, I was diagnosed first. Uh, she was diagnosed right after me, but it allowed me to connect with someone who knew exactly what I was doing and what I was going through, like down to a T. She had the same type, same stage, same treatment. Everything was identical. Wow. which was nice. It was just she experienced it after me, but it was nice to have someone who was like, no, she gets it. Like she understands exactly what I was going through, those feelings of guilt and everything as well. Wow. Mm -hmm. Really powerful. It was great. Yeah, it definitely was something that I am forever grateful for, for sure. It was helpful for her. It was helpful for me. It was, and we are still very close to this day. Wow, that's so beautiful. Yeah, yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, and and do you? I think with the survivor's guilt, like, do you still feel the survivor's guilt? Definitely. Um, I've met other people in the cancer community, and some of them who have it way worse. And it's, I definitely feel it because. It sticks with me where it's, I have the good kind of cancer. I am in remission. I am cancer-free for two years now. And they may never be at that point. And it breaks my heart. And I feel guilty for even being here, like, wow. in a way. Does that make sense? It makes sense in the sense that, like, I can completely empathize with, with what you're saying. Um, but I think, you know... It's interesting that people that don't have cancer don't necessarily feel that, right? They're not like, oh, I feel so, they don't, it's not like you wake up every day and you're like, I feel so bad that I don't have, like, you know, or, you know, I'm in remission and they won't be, like, can, you know? Comparison is just one of those really, really nasty things. It's awful, but it's something that I find a lot happens with, yeah, and survivor guilt is a big thing in the cancer community, I think, and it's one of those things that is not talked about as well right yeah because as soon as you're hit with it you're comparing yourself to other people you're trying to figure out 
Like, I mean, but it may, but the doctors are also sort of exacerbating that if they're calling it the good kind of cancer and the bad kind, right? So there's right. sort of a way yeah. we're kind of indoctrinated into this idea of what's good and what's bad. And we're like that in so many areas of our life. Like, you know what I mean? We're taught what's good and what's bad. And we're taught about what progress and where we should be versus where we shouldn't be. And there's so much like judgment and comparison mm-hmm. that's built into our society that it makes sense that it would like, trickle down into like this experience where I mean we can all share our similarities and we can all find commonalities in our stories but the truth is every single person has a very very unique experience that we can't really compare to someone else right right and even like the portrayal of cancer in the media is compared like I know I would compare my treatment to cancer in the media in like on shows and stuff which isn't real but I would be like, why am I not so sick? Mm. Why am I not throwing up every day? <laughs> like, I have it e- easy. Like, <laughs> right. And and no one who hears your story would be like, oh, she's had it really easy. Yeah. But like, I was like, I'm okay. Like, I'm not sick every day. I'm not feeling awful every day. I have it easy. Like, I can live a relatively normal life while going through treatment. And that's, but that's what we want. We want everyone to have that, right? We want everyone to have that. First of all, we don't want, we don't want a 20 year old to have to go through this in the first well, place. Definitely. Right? <laughs> we don't want anyone to have to go through We don't want anyone to have to go through this. And that's our goal. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, yeah, it's a really, really difficult thing because again, what does guilty mean? It means that we've done something wrong. Yeah. And it's like, you haven't done anything wrong. You've been hit with a very unfortunate set of circumstances and you've been able to kind of overcome them in a really right. courageous way. Mm-hmm. Right. And help people in the process. Right. So I don't know. I think I think we need to work through this guilt thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But also understand it and also love it and also see it and be mm-hmm. like, it's okay you know, that we feel really fortunate. Um, But yeah, I mean, I ended up in like a trauma. So I really recognize for me, my story is very much like, oh, I have. And again, it was much, much later past my diagnosis when I was like, oh, this is like post-traumatic stress disorder Mm -hmm. that I have. Um, And that cancer, you know, that people who go through health challenges can get post-traumatic symptoms. Yeah which allow, makes us feel as though we're continuously in that experience. And I remember going to, to treatment for that and meeting people who had been through just the most horrific thing. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't believe it. And I felt kind of embarrassed that I was even there. Yeah. And I felt sort of like, oh, well, like you said, I had an easy, I just had cancer when I was young and had treatment and I'm fine. I'm mm-hmm. totally fine. And they were, everyone was like, no, 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 like that is trauma. That is real. Like yeah. that <laughs> experience, that has affected your entire life. And we, we we can't trauma shame. We can't tell people that their experiences are better or worse than others, mm-hmm. you know? I totally agree. Totally agree. Yeah. 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 I don't even know where that comes from. I don't even know why we are hit with that so hard. Yeah, like... Like, you just go through treatment and then everyone expects you to just be fine and you're in remission or 
whatever you're done treatment and they don't realize that you are still continuing to be affected by it even after you are cured (laughs) or whichever yeah (laughs) yes I think that's an important thing to to know is like the invisible potential you know somewhat invisible nature of this so it's a very internal experience again it's an experience that not most people think on especially at a young age do not have so especially once you're cured you appear a certain way right people expect a certain thing of you they want that of you and so you're kind of like, okay, I know even to this day, like part of me, my healing is like listening to my body's needs and mm-hmm. doing something about it. Even if I don't think that I should need that, you know, right. I've changed my work week from five days a week to four. And I was so hard on myself for that. I'm like, everyone else can work five days a week. And it's like, okay, <laughs> but you are choosing not to. And that's okay. Yeah. Like. There's something wrong. There's something wrong about making decisions to make sure you're taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So how do you, um, yeah, how do you continue to care for yourself as you recognize that this is sort of still with you in some ways? Uh, I think for me, it's still just helping others is a big part of that. Um, being in the cancer community and just being able to support others and then also just focusing on my mental health too just yes. making sure that you know I'm going to therapy and making sure that I'm dealing with the traumatic experience that I have been through even though you know some might be like oh like cancer it's not that traumatic or I might think that way but it is it is very traumatic <laughs> and so going and making sure that you know, I am mentally and physically okay. I love that. No, that's so beautiful. <laughs> and also just doing things at my own pace, mm-hmm. like, you know, not going straight to grad school or, you know, just making sure that, you know, I'm doing what I want to do. Right. I think that's really important. And I think mm-hmm. that more people want to do that but don't like it's like everyone thinks that they have to achieve a certain standard or go at a certain pace it's this artificial thing that we've constructed that isn't real right right and almost with that like because I've had this cancer diagnosis people are more forgiving of me not going straight into doing things right they're like oh it's okay you've been through so much you deserve this right you deserve a break right you know which, like, it's like everyone deserves a break. <laughs> everyone deserves a break. What? I like, know. I how know. How am I different than this? It's true. Everyone does. But it's just the way that our society is, is currently designed. And I think that's slowly changing. But for right now, it's, I hope so. it's like we have progress. And I think that's one of the hardest things for me to, like, overcome is being like, okay, what are my limitations? Don't push up against them and betray your body like understand that your body's vulnerable like everyone's body is and has limits and you can live within them and that's okay it doesn't make you like less than anyone else and yeah not wanting to do something like I don't drink much anymore I don't enjoy it I don't do it like just because I don't enjoy it doesn't make me feel good so I don't do it (laughs) 
You know? Yes. Yes. Listening to your body and what it needs. Listening to my body and what it needs. For sure. I love that. Even sometimes when I'm stubborn and don't want to. I know. <laughs> me, I, I feel you. Sometimes I, it's sort of like a blessing and a curse to have a body that sort of will tell you <laughs> when you've done something that it did not want. I feel like bodies always tell you. It's just we know how to listen to our bodies now. Yes. Because we've had to listen. We've had to listen. And that's what I wonder, mm-hmm. too. Like when I was looking at your story and you didn't have any symptoms, but you were kind of saying, I felt tired, but I kind of thought it was just cool. Like, I wonder if you were someone who kind of pushed yourself and didn't. I definitely was. Like, I was definitely, I I was from the time I was in high school, junior high, I pushed myself. And that's something that I have. But a lot of university students are like that. It was a competition of, like, how many all-nighters did you pull, like, type of thing, right? Which is not good and not healthy. But that is something in our society that it was. So I was definitely pushing myself in a time in my life and or that time in my life and you know I didn't notice anything I wasn't any different from my peers all my peers were tired they were exactly the same as I was and yeah I had some night sweats but I also layered like 500 blankets on my bed how did I how could I differentiate between I'm really hot because I have a whole bunch of blankets on my bed versus I have Hodgkin's lymphoma cancer, and this is one of the side effects. How how do you differentiate between something so common and something so not common at a time in your life when you're like supposed to be really healthy, right? And at your prime. And I yeah, <laughs> and I didn't say that to be like you should have known. It's more just like how much you know what I mean. It's like how much do all of us live, especially at that age, in ways that are actually quite unhealthy and we just don't even listen to our bodies right yeah and it's just that type of thing it's just and it's also just everyone around you is exactly the same so right how do you know right and it's so beautiful that now you're at a place where you're like you know what I don't need to drink or I you know I can do what what makes sense for me and I'm gonna go at my own pace and you guys can give me this permission whatever that means but that's what I need to do and it's kind of like understanding and I I know that that's some part of your story too, is just like really understanding what's important. So maybe you can touch on that, like how having cancer has brought you into understanding what's important in your own life. I think it brought a lot of different things. It's kind of connected me to, well, my family for one. Um, Being around people who also I find with cancer and other people who I've talked to as well have felt this, that some people, when you tell them they have a diagnosis with can- of cancer, they act differently towards you. And so it's also finding those people who won't treat you differently or just will be there for you and love you anyways. Um, so it's finding also those people in your life, which is important. Um, so that obviously is a big one. And then just finding that I love helping other people and especially in the cancer community. It's a community I'm a part of. It's a community I'm proud, I guess, to be a part of because I'm here and, you know, like I did it and I want to help others to also be here and do it. And yeah, (laughs) so I think 
those are kind of the ways that I've found myself in a way, but also just kind of finding myself more confident and more like assured of myself too. Wow. You know, like, yeah, I, I beat cancer. I did it. Like, I'm pretty badass. Like, I'm like, oh, like, yes. Yes, 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 yes. I love that. Because it started, this conversation kind of started with this idea of like, why me? And there is that sort of existential question that we all face when we're dealt with something. Like, we will never know the answer. I will never know the answer of why I was dealt these cards, but I'll still feel that way. I'll still feel the why me. Of course. And I'll always feel that why me. Of course. But it's more just living with like, you know what? I did that, but look how awesome it is like look at what it brought me so right and being able to hold all of those emotions at once right like the guilt and the pain and the sadness and the resentment and the hope and the fear and all of it a lot of emotions a lot of emotions (laughs) it's not fun emotions are a lot they are a lot and our society has really mastered suppression and numbing (laughs) so but the way out is through, I think. That's what I've kind of come to understand. Yeah. Yeah. Just to accept those emotions and feel them as they are. Exactly. I love that so much. Thank you so much, Grace, for taking the time to talk to us today. If listeners have any questions about this podcast or need any support or resources to navigate your experience, I encourage you to connect with the community services lead in your region. For more information, visit bloodcancers.ca. If you liked our podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. You can find us wherever you access your favorite podcast. We also welcome any ideas for our program, so we would love to hear from you. Send us an email with your suggestions or comments at info at bloodcancers.ca. Thank you to CIBC Foundation for generously sponsoring today's episode. Until next time, stay well and stay connected.